Well, tonight, or today, I'm going to be um, talking about offense. And uh, I had spoken on Wednesday, April 5th, about deepening relationships. And one of the things that I did not get to was um, how offense can um, destroy relationships. And so the more, uh, ever since then, the it's just kind of continued to just keep stirring in my heart. And instead of just being this little small part of April 5th sermon, it developed into a whole sermon for itself. <laughs> and it's probably something that you could have multiple sermons on because it is such a truth that's out there. And it's something that tries to steal from us, tries, uh, it can hinder us in our race. It can keep us from doing what God has for us. It can get us out of our place. Offense can sometimes get you out of your job, out of your church, out of relationships, out of a number of different things because somebody said something the way you didn't like it or the way they did something that you didn't like and they're out of here. And you know what? Um, That's God sometimes has us well, he all the times has us with groups of people for a purpose. For one thing, we encourage one another, but we also tend to make each other better. <laughs> and sometimes making one another better isn't because it was just easy. <laughs> it wasn't because of all the wonderful compliments that were said to you. Uh, there are just times where you are stretched and pushed And sometimes you have to make a choice to do the word even though you don't want to. And even though you would much rather just be able to give a piece of your mind to somebody, you choose to not be offended. And uh, so that's what we're talking about this morning. (laughs) So let's start out with Proverbs 19.11. This is the English Standard Version. Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. That's not easy, but it's in the Bible. So if it's in the Bible, it means we can do it. Let's look at that in the uh, NLT. Sensible people control their temper. Hmm. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. You know, there are people that have been in ministry for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And uh, whether I, you know, am hooked up with them in ministry or not, like we just had uh, Dr. Charles Stanley just passed away after, after 50 years of ministry. You know, uh, I, that earns my respect because he didn't quit, because he didn't let offense get him out of the race that he was on. And so there are just, you know, the fact that you can stick with something and keep running and being in the same friend group, being in the same church, being at the same job, being doing the different things that you are supposed to be doing, there's a lot of growth that takes place in you personally when you make that commitment. And, it, and God hooks you purposefully with people in your life that are gonna, going to bring out the best in you. It doesn't mean that they did it with the kindest words sometimes. You know, there are just times that, that you're thinking, oh, they bring out the worst in me. Or they're just giving you an opportunity to, like, uh, not get offended. <laughs> They're giving you an opportunity to grow some, to grow up. And, and, uh, and growing up is not easy. It's not fun. It, it, who likes to be stretched? You know, if you are exercising, you don't like, they say, no pain, no gain. I'm the type that doesn't like the pain. <laughs> I'd rather have the gain without the pain, but that's not how it works. You, you are building your muscles by pushing them, and, and you're getting better at, at sports by doing certain things, and you have to apply yourself. And, you know, in school, you have to study in order to get good grades. And Well, I don't want to study. Well, then you're not going to be ready for the next step. 
because God has our teenagers right now, because you're in here, so I'm going to be talking to you too. God has you purposefully in school right now, and what you do with this time and with this opportunity that you have is preparing you for adulthood. And so if you choose to be like, I don't care, it's so boring, I don't want to do anything with it, that's a choice that you're making, but that's going to affect your future. And so God's giving you this opportunity, and that's just, you know, a little side thing there. What we have, it's not always easy. It's not always, and it's not supposed to be. There are just things in life that are just not easy. And so we push through those things. And because we do, we put ourselves in a position to be able to go on to the next step. You know, there's a lot, the Bible says, many are called, but few are chosen. Do you want to know why? Because they got offended and quit. There's a lot of people that God had special plans and purposes. Some never even got started. They didn't even believe in Jesus to begin with, you know? So the fact that we're all here, we got past that step, you know? But we don't want to let something hold us back from all that God has for us. And a huge thing that, uh, that the devil will bring is offense. So let's look at um, Colossians 3.13. Make allowance for one another's faults, for each other's faults, and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And so a huge thing is to allow people to be imperfect. We have to let people mess up. We have to be okay with people not doing it the way that we would do it. That is huge. That is huge. And so um, offense is probably one of the biggest things that causes relationships to break. You know, I don't, there could be other things, but offhand, that's the thing that uh, just seems to be one, just a huge thing that comes in. It's, it gets in there. It causes division. And so the devil will use people, will use offense to divide people. You know, he, the Bible says um, in 1 Peter 5, 8, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Do you know how he, one of the tools that he uses to devour people? It's offense. He is looking for a way to get you offended so that you will get out of place, out where God has told you to be. And so uh, we have to be on guard for that. We have to be like, whoa, wait a minute. Is, am I being played right now? Am I having something happen to me right now to get me out of the place that I'm supposed to be in? Is, is this a tactic of the devil right now to do I need to be aware do I need to be on the lookout for this right now you know you can be offended by assumptions it doesn't even have to be that somebody said something to you you just assume that they are saying something or that they think something or that they feel this way because they had you know uh, for some reason a weird look on their face and it had nothing to do with you at all it's just that they woke up and they had a bad dream last night and they're processing it and they go to church and, and they're still processing it and so you, they walk by you and you smile at them and they didn't even see you. So they didn't smile back and so now you're offended. Well, that person just doesn't like me. Maybe they're just not smiley. Maybe it doesn't have anything to do with you. You know, we, we always joke around. We, we have four children and and three of them smiled every time when they were babies. When people looked at them and, and said hi to them, they just smiled back. And one didn't. <laughs> and I just had to always tell people, it's not you. <laughs> this one just doesn't smile unless they want to. Don't even want to say the gender so that you can't try to figure out. <laughs> which one it is. But there was one that was not quite as smiley as the rest of them. 
Anyways, uh, so, you know, we can get offended because people don't do things the way we want them to do because they're not treating us the way that we think we should be treated because of all sorts of things. I mean, there's so many ways to get offended. <laughs> I can't even list them all right now. There's a lot of ways. And, you know, we, we have to be, um, you know, with our attention focused on Jesus and knowing, okay, where does God have me? Does he want me in this job? Does he want me in this church? Does he want me uh, in this friend group? And if he does, then we're, we're going to have to grow up because people in that group, not everybody is the same personality. And just because of that, it tends to cause this kind of thing to happen. You know, the real bubbly person that just sometimes blurts something out and then afterwards wishes they could take it back. <laughs> oh, I said that wrong. And then the other person that is like, I would never have said it. I just would have kept my mouth shut. Why did they say it? Like, because they're a different personality. <laughs> they didn't mean to. <laughs> you know, there's these types of things that are going on and play with each other. And, and it is easy to get offended. And so um, in the Bible, there's tons of examples of people getting offended. Do you know that? Uh, Joseph in the Bible, his brothers were offended at him. He had this dream and he thought it was going to make everybody happy to hear his dream. And uh, they were offended. What? You think you're going to be over me? And they got offended. But you know what? God used Joseph to do exactly what that dream said that he was going to be doing. You know, in spite of, of all the torment and the torture and the uh, hurt and the rejection that he felt, he still ended up fulfilling the plan of God for his life. And then you've got Moses. Oh, my goodness. He thought he was going to help. You know, he's here. You know, Pharaoh's daughter has raised him, and he's got this powerful position. He's going to be helping out the Israelites. And they're like, who are you? And they rejected him. And so he goes out in the wilderness for 40 years and just kind of wanders around and grows and God's using him. And then guess what? God did use him. God did help him. It made him be in the right place. You know, David, Saul was extremely offended with David. <laughs> to the point where he is trying to kill him. You know, so yes. There may be times that we feel the object of someone else's offense. <laughs> and we didn't do everything perfectly. And these people in the Bible didn't do everything perfectly. But you know what? Jesus was perfect and people were still offended. You know, he was trying to show them that he was the Messiah and they were offended because his dad was a carpenter. And because he said he was the Messiah, even though they were looking for the Messiah. The very people that should have known he was the Messiah were the ones rejecting him. That could be hurtful. You know, they're murdering you. <laughs> they're crucifying you. If he wanted to be offended, he could. He had plenty of reason to say, you guys are weird. Go find another savior. <laughs> But he didn't. He stayed in his plan, that the plan that God had for him, and ended up being our Savior. And so, yes, there are times you are going to have the ability to be uh, offended and to get out of place. But you don't want to get out of place because being in the place that God has for you allows you to run your race and when everything is said and done, it doesn't matter who rejected you. When you're standing in front of Jesus and he's saying, well done, good and faithful servant, you're not going to care. But you know what? If you quit and you folded and you get to that place, uh, you are going to care. That you were more concerned about what people thought than being where you were supposed to be with God. 
So we want to uh, be aware, be careful when we are be feeling offended that we're not being led away from a truth or from uh, relationships that are actually going to help us to be effective in our race. Let's look at John 10.10. 10. It says, the thief comes, uh, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So he is out there looking for a way to steal from you. He, he, is, he is very good at it. And we have to be aware and we have to be on guard and just say, hey, is this offense trying to steal from me? And I need to know what's going on right now. The devil will use offense to destroy marriages. He will use offense to destroy families, churches, and even a personal relationship with God. He will, he will do his best to get you offended with God. Ephesians 6, 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so we have to realize that our fight is not with people. That's not where... Our battle is taking place. Our battle is taking place that we are aware of what spiritual things are trying to hold us back, trying to get us out of place, trying to get us um, to do, uh, to get out of where we need to be so that we're ineffective. And so today I'm just going to share a little bit of what the definition of offense is. It's a state of being insulted being morally outraged. How dare they do that to me? <laughs> you know, have you ever felt that way? I know I have. It is to get you in a place where you feel hurt, angry, or upset by something said or done. And so, you know what? We can feel offense towards different people. There's, and so I'm gonna kind of quickly go through some of the areas that we can feel offense. Like I said, one of the areas we can feel offended with is God. There's a lot of people, and it's become more, more and more where people are just offended with God. I don't want it that way. What? Why? Why? Who gets to say that that's right? Is there even a God? You know, uh, why did God let that bad thing happen? Not that you were even looking at God at all, and then something bad happened, and then it's his fault. <laughs> But you weren't serving him. You weren't trying to be in the right place. You know, some of these people that aren't even saved, they're not, and then, but boy, they are quick to blame God. You know, natural disasters, it's God's fault. Lots of things where we just, you know, we don't want to be told that something is, that we think is right is wrong. And so if that's the way God sees it, I don't want to have anything to do with God. You know, the assumption that following God is boring. So much more fun to get to get drunk and party and all that than to go to church. <laughs> Only when you have to wake up the next day, it's not quite as fun. The relationships that are destroyed because of alcohol or because of drugs or because of whatever else that we think is fun for that moment and then later on, the consequences are so not fun, so not fun. When you go to church, there is no bad consequences. You may be stretched, I should say. You may think that's a bad consequence. You may be pushed a little bit. But as far as, uh, you know, you're growing and you're doing things God's way, there's not a bad, bad consequence. You know, some people are offended at God because they believe science. So science trumps the fact that there can't be a God because, you know, we had the Big Bang and just everything happened out of nothing. You know, that takes just as much faith to believe that. I'd much rather believe what the Bible says on that. And then there's people that are offended and believe that you only need God if you're weak. So I don't need help. I'm self-sufficient. So, you know... Who gives these types of thoughts? 
Who puts these kind of things in our head? It's certainly not God, but it is the devil who is trying to separate. It's trying to keep us away from God, keep us from serving him. Then you can be offended at the word. And, you know, there's, uh, there's people that are offended because the Bible says that Jesus is the only way. And so they're like, no, you can come to God anyway. It doesn't matter how you believe, just as long as you believe. And I'm like, that sounds really pretty, but there is no foundation for that. There's not a foundation for that. In fact, there's a foundation that says contrary to that, and it says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. And so sometimes people are offended by the word. God made man. He didn't come from a monkey. That's something that can be offensive. I'd rather believe that I came from a monkey than that God created me. It sounds silly in our circles, but yet there is lots of people that believe this. They would believe that. Some people can be offended because of healing. Well, somebody, you know, because so-and-so died, therefore healing isn't for today. Well, it is sad when people die. It's really tough when people die. But it doesn't discount what the word says. And so we believe the word in spite of circumstances. We don't know everything. And there's going to be a day when we get to heaven and we're going to find out. We're going to get some answers. But right now, to go and choose something that was really sad over what the word says, we're, we cannot get offended at the word and say, well, it, I'm just going to throw it out. It doesn't work. You know, there's people that get offended at the fact that the Bible talks about being baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking with tongues. It, you know, sometimes people say that's done away with. But there's no scripture that says it's done away with. There's nothing in the Bible. There's people's experiences that people try to say, because I've had this experience that I tried for 20 years to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and it didn't work for me, so therefore it's not so. No, it just means that it, it didn't work in this situation, but it is so. And there is going to come a day that we will understand everything clearly when we're in heaven. And so, uh, you know, sometimes people would rather agree with society than what the Bible says. You know, when we, when we first came, there were people that we met, and there was a stumbling block that they did not want to go to church because of this one pet issue. And, uh, and so we just had to just keep saying, this is what the Bible says. It's not what I'm saying. It's what the Bible says. And so we don't want to have pet issues that we're offended. Well, because the Bible says that, I don't want to have anything to do with church. Or I only go to certain types of churches that agree with me on this. You know, we don't want to put things. What marriage is? Boy, who would have thought 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that we would have a question on what marriage is? What gender is? Who would have thought that this was so such a hard thing to know truth? And yet people are offended if you don't agree with that, and they are resisting what the Bible says, what the Word says. So they're offended by the Word. Do you know that people get offended by church, church people, pastors? That You know, people can come in to a church, and they're offended at the size We've seen that sometimes, you know. When we first started, people would come in, and they just look at the size and, and just like, that's not for me. Well, that's not how we figure out what place we're supposed to be in. We figure out where does God want me to be. We're not offended by a size, by a style of the church, you know, by the way people look. Those aren't things that we want to be offended by. We assume that because... Some pastors were in the news that all the pastors are that way. Have you ever heard people say, oh, you just can't trust a pastor? Why? Because someone was in the news? That was one person, or that was sometimes multiple people. <laughs> but that doesn't speak for all people. And so we have to decide, our, where does God want me to be? Where am I supposed to be? And not be offended by 
by the fact that your pastor is imperfect. I can just tell you, I know a lot of pastors, and none of them are perfect. <laughs> but they're really good people, but they're not perfect. And especially if you have a different personality, they might grate you some, somewhere different, you know. But that doesn't mean that they're not supposed to be your pastor. You have to figure out where does God want you to be? Where does God have you to be? Sometimes people are offended. This is a huge thing. People are offended by money. Giving money to a church. Well, I don't want the pastor to get rich. Well, let me tell you, most of them could get a job that would really take very good care of them. (laughs) So they're not doing church to get money and to get rich. But they are doing it because that's what God has told them to do. And so just because somebody did it incorrectly doesn't mean that everybody's doing it incorrectly. And so we can't get offended by a truth in the word of God because that's the way, you know, the sitcoms or, you know, the news portrays it. We have to do what does the word say. And you're not giving it to a man. You're giving it as unto the Lord. And so if you are in a church where you don't trust what they're doing with the money, maybe you're not in the right church. Or maybe there's something wrong with the way you're thinking about it. And so these are just things we have to be like, okay, how does God want me to see things? You know, sometimes people assume that they won't fit in at church. I'm just not going to fit in with those people. Or they feel like people are going to judge them. And there has been things like that. But don't, you, you know, there have been things like that. But if you are where you're supposed to be, then you're going to be able to grow and be all that you're supposed to be in that place. That's so important. We don't want to assume, make the assumption that no one likes you. On that church, nobody likes me. That, nobody even said they didn't like you. Who gave you that thought? Where did you get that thought? That assumption is trying to divide you from the very people that God has connected you with. You know, we can um, have all of these different things. The result of that is to get you to stay out of church and do God alone. I hear that all the time. Oh, I just like staying at home. So where are you pointing the people that God has crossed your path with? Where, where do you get to point them? To the TV? You know, seriously, God joins people together. He joins people together. Sometimes people can be offended just at Christians in general, you know? Uh, they're, they're, um, they assume that all Christians are hypocrites. Because you know what? They met one. Or maybe they met two or three, or maybe they met some really weird Christians, because there are some weird Christians. But you know what? There's a lot of weird people in general, and just because they get saved doesn't mean that they're not weird anymore. (laughs) So you just put up with the weirdness and thank God that they're saved, you know, and you overlook it, and you just keep going. And you know what? You might think someone's weird, but they may think you're weird. (laughs) So it goes around. So we're not judging people because of weirdness. (laughs) We're just thankful and we're staying focused on what the word says and where God has us to be. You're not meant to be alone. You're not meant to to be by yourself. You know, sometimes the devil will do his best to uh, get you offended, like I said, with your spouse or your family. And he will try to separate families because he knows he can ruin generations. If he can break up the family, he can ruin generations. And we have to be careful. We want to be on guard. He is, he is on the lookout. He is after your marriage. If you don't think so, um, you probably are a newlywed. <laughs> and you're still in the honeymoon phase. But probably by the time you've gotten there, you already know <laughs> that he's on the lookout trying to destroy you. You know, things that are said, things that are done, they didn't say it the right way. They're so, you know, much like a guy. And, well, they're supposed to be. <laughs> they're so emotional. Well, you know, 
sometimes that comes with the territory. <laughs> you get what you get. <laughs> and you work through it, you know, you work through it. And so he is looking for a way to weaken society, and he has found a very good way, and that's to destroy families. That's to destroy to destroy marriages, to, to make um, children frustrated with their parents. My parents don't know anything. Really? Really? Your parents have no clue about anything in life. Really? Amazingly, they were your age one time. <laughs> so yes, they do know a little bit, even if they did it wrong. If anyway, sometimes that's what makes them all the more trying to get you not to do it that way because <laughs> they understand what happens when you do it that way. So sometimes it's good to listen. Not sometimes. It's good to listen to parents. It's good to have that influence and just to, you know, it's easy to one to be offended. Oh, I can't believe. Because sometimes parents don't say things the best way. You know, sometimes they say it a little harsher. Sometimes they, they say it and it has a little bit of a sting, or sometimes it's just offensive because I don't want it that way. Everybody else gets to do it. Why don't I get to do it? That's a sure way to think, okay, I'm probably wrong. <laughs> I'm pro if everyone else is doing it, my parents are probably right. <laughs> and so we wanna, we're in this together. Families are in it together. We're trying to help each other run our race together. And you know what? Uh, there are times where, where uh, God tries to separate parents from children. You know, that child is so hard-headed. Because <laughs> you're a different personality than them. They push my buttons. We don't want to be separated. We, wanna be, we want to ask God, okay, God, my child is hard-headed. How do I deal with them? <laughs> Give me wisdom. I can't get my child to do anything. Give me wisdom. What do I do? Help me. <laughs> God will, uh, the devil will try to separate grandparents from grandchildren. You know, so it divides kind of maybe with the children. And so then it keeps the grandparents from being able to influence uh, the grandchildren for good. For good. Man, if you've got a godly grandparent, you want them to be able to speak into your child's life. You want them to be able to say things. Another area that, that uh, the devil will try to do is get you offended with the people that you're actually reaching them for God. <laughs> Most of the time, somebody that you're reaching for God, they're ungodly. <laughs> Guess what? They're not perfect. <laughs> Guess what? They're going to do things that aren't nice. And so then you get offended. And then you walk away. And like, oh, I give up on you. <laughs> There's no hope. <laughs> and sure, there are certain things that are people that are toxic and, and, and they're not really going towards God. And maybe you're not that person. You sowed the seed and now it's time for someone else to, to continue watering it. You know, but then there are, there are times where, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I can remember uh, growing up and I've seen it some even in, um, I'll say, in the church when it was younger, none of you were here. <laughs> that you will see someone, and they're praying and praying and praying for their husband to come to church, and they have been praying and praying. I can remember this even in high school. You know, people praying and believing for their spouse to come to church, and they've cried and, and prayed and prayed and then their spouse comes and then they get offended and quit going to church and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you prayed for so long, you just undid it. <laughs> Your spouse finally got to church and then you got offended by some dumb thing and you ruined all those years of praying. And, that, and it happens. It happens. So I'm just saying... Sometimes God has you ministering, influencing people, and then the devil is doing his best to keep that person unsaved. And what does he do? He gets into you. What? No, we don't want to be used. <laughs> and then that person's like, see, all Christians are like this. They just quit. They give up. 
I'm just not good enough. No, 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 no. You're, you're fine. You're, you're doing exactly what I'm expecting you to do because you're ungodly. <laughs> you're acting ungodly because you are. <laughs> and so I am overlooking right now. You know, workplace. How many times do people get out of the job that they're supposed to have because the boss just didn't do it the way they wanted to? You know, and of course... The boss, you know, depending on where you are, if you're a boss, the boss isn't dumb. But if you're not a boss, the boss is dumb. That's just the way that the devil likes to, to work. He, you know, he's causing division. But he, that place that you're in is where, if, if you're in the job, if God gave you that job, you want to make sure you're not leaving because you're offended. You want to make sure that you're leaving because... Uh, there's another door that's open that's going to get you in the direction that you're supposed to be going. If you are leaving a church because you're offended, if you're leaving a job because you're offended, you hold up, pray, pray about it. And, and don't pray and say, oh, God's leading me to this next place because I'm hurt. <laughs> God doesn't lead you he, he doesn't, we're not running away from something. When he's leading us out of a place, it's not running away. It's running to what he has for us next. That's what he's doing. He's, he's preparing us for what's coming next. It's never because, you know, I just can't stand it anymore. I can't take it. I, I, I don't like the way that person looks at me, so I'm just, I don't want to deal with it anymore, so I'm going to get out. That's not how God leads. A lot of times it's situations like that that cause us to be stretched and to grow and to learn how to walk in love and to overlook. It's going to prepare us for the next place that God has for us. So we don't want to get out of place. Um, we have to guard against offense you know things to think about is this separation or this division pointing me towards God or away from God am I offended is this pointing me I, I'm just so tired of God I, I'm, I just want to quit anything that's trying to take us away from God it is it is definitely not of him you know that's that's um, a, a spiritual a force uh, the devil, you know, trying to separate you. Uh, another thing to guard against offense is, did I hear that person correctly? You know, sometimes we just didn't hear. Am I assuming the worst, what that person meant? Maybe they didn't mean it. Maybe it wasn't really about us at all. Maybe they had a bad day. They said something a little sharply with us, but it really didn't have to do with what we did. It just had to deal with the fact that they were feeling pressure. Sometimes bosses can feel a lot of pressure, and sometimes they don't always say things correctly and do things correctly. And so sometimes they are maybe taking it out on you, but it has nothing to do with you. And so we want to be aware of that. Am I offended because I don't want to hear the truth? Because I really, you're saying it, and I, mm, I don't want to know it. I don't want to hear it. So, mm, so I'm offended. Am I offended because I want things done my way? That's not easy. Because you know what? We all have really good ideas. <laughs> and so everybody should do it our way. Because our ideas are really good. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's lots of ways to do things, and they're all good. <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes we just have to let it be done someone else's way, <laughs> even though our way would have worked too. and may have even been better, but just say. <laughs> Am I offended at something um, that was said the way it was said more than what was really said? The fact that I felt like you said it with an attitude. You're, you may have been right, but it was the way you said it. Yeah, it's true. But there's more than likely you said something back, and it was the way you said it, too. <laughs> Sometimes it's not 
not just one person saying it a certain way. Another thing to consider is, was my pride hurt? You know, I mean, that's not fun. That's hurtful. And sometimes it's easier to run and to stay away from something when your pride's hurt. But pride comes before a fall. So if it is my pride, maybe I'm going to have to take a step back and say, okay, God, what is actually the right way? What's, what's really the truth here? You know, um, it is okay to guard your heart in new relationships. So we're talking about offense, but at the same time, we're not talking about being a doormat. And so uh, Matthew 7, 6 says, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. You know? There are times that we share things that are precious to us with people who don't deserve to know it because they can't handle it. There's times that we don't have to be an open book and let everybody know every thought that's going in our head. There are times where it's okay to guard your heart. Guard it. Trust is earned, and it takes time. You know, sometimes, you know, we, we like someone, and we want them to like us right then and there. But sometimes it takes them time to warm up, and we don't want to be offended because it's taking them time to warm up to us. They're actually being wise. They're judging your character to make sure you're worthy to hear those things that are so tender and so important to them. And so we want to, um, to be wise, wisdom, God, help me not just to put myself out there so much that I'm hurt by every person, you know? Uh, when you're looking for a spouse, I'm just going to keep saying these kind of things over and over when I speak, but you don't give your body to some person that is not worthy of your body. The Bible says so. Do you know why? Not so that you're not having fun. But it's because he's protecting you. Your body, when you join with some person, you're connecting emotionally with that person. And if you are not marrying that person, there's going to be heartbreak. There's going to be a, oh, that doesn't feel good. And so God has purposely said, wait. You're, you're being, you're guarding. You're guarding your heart. You're guarding your soul. And then... When that person, you've determined that person is worthy, it doesn't mean that it has to be five years. Sometimes you know pretty quick. You can judge that person's character, and God's giving you peace. And so, so we, want, we don't have to just easily just put it out, put ourselves out there. there are just, it's okay if it takes time. That's why we say don't just think you come to one Gathering, one of these things that we have, whether it's 30s and 40s or 50s, whatever category you fit in, don't just come once and think, well, I just didn't feel comfortable. Of course you're not going to feel comfortable. It takes time. Relationships take time. And so, so you don't have to just expose yourself immediately when you know someone. New friendships, you know, that's, it is again, just something that you're, it takes time. Time deepens relationships. There are people uh, that are in my life that, you know what, they've stuck with me for years, knowing the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so I, I feel like I can trust them because they've seen it and they're not going to, they haven't run for the door yet. <laughs> Your spouse, definitely, that's one of those people that has not run. And so you, you want to cherish that because <laughs> they know you and they, and they still are with you. Let's look at um, Matthew 18, 15. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. You know, sometimes we're offended and how do we guard against it? We communicate. 
and just say, you know what, that kind of hurt my feelings. Not saying that you meant to hurt my feelings, because if you go into a, you did this, you're going to get kind of a wall. But if you go into and say, you know what, I don't think you necessarily meant to, but this hurt my feelings. And so let's talk about it. And you work through it. Um, Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You know, that's what this is coming down to. We are going to make each other better, better together, better together. Isolated. You, you, if you're depressed, if you're dealing with anything, there's nobody to get you out of it. You come together. A lot of times when people are upset, they will pull back and isolate themselves. And that is the absolute worst thing you can do. You are meant to join, to, to get in a place where people can encourage you, strengthen you, smile at you, you know, love on you. And then you can go out and face the world. Being together with other people causes us to grow up spiritually. It just does. You know, it's, it's important. When you put yourself in a church, when you put yourself under a pastor, you're allowing God to stretch you and focus you as you run your race. You cannot run your race alone. That is not the way that God did things. Jesus did not run alone. He had 12 disciples, and then he had a lot of people that followed after him. But 12 close, and of those 12, there were three that he actually took with him and left sometimes the others. So it's okay to have different levels of friendships, you know, different people that God is using. You know, um, you may not always like what people say, but sometimes we have to take what they've said and bring it before God and just ask him, God, I know you wouldn't have said it to me like that. You would have been much kinder, <laughs> much more loving. But do I need to grow? Is this something, an area that I need to grow in? You know, we don't want to take ourselves out of the race that God has set in front of us. We don't want to be, uh, because we're offended and because we don't want to have to deal with things. Now, we want to run our race. We need uh, to look at truth squarely in the eye instead of running away from it. And we don't want to spiritualize things and say, use God as like, I believe God is send sending me to another place when really it's that I'm hurt and I want to get out of here. And so you've hurt me, so I am doing my best to not be hurt, so I am leaving. And, and, and as Christians, that's an easy thing to do, put God's name on it, because then nobody can say, you know, well, that's wrong. Because <laughs> you've invoked God. <laughs> so we want to be careful. We want to be careful saying that something's God when we're actually just hurt. And then make sure that he is really moving you on if he is. Make sure. There are times where God is moving you to the next thing. There was a time when we were, you know, in, in Nebraska, and we felt like we were supposed to go to Ramah, and Jim was going to go uh, to Bible school. And he was moving us on. And, and we were checking our heart, making sure this isn't because we're offended, and we weren't. And there's just a lot of things. You're checking. Okay, why am I wanting to leave? Why, why do I feel this need to? And once you know that it's not offense, you're on a lot steadier ground, stable foundation, so that when you get to the next place, you can know, and then there's things that are uncomfortable there. <laughs> you know you didn't leave because you were offended, but you know that God placed you at that next place. So you want to make sure that you're really getting moved on, that God is actually moving you on. And then is it actually an opportunity, if you're offended, is this actually an opportunity for you to be uh, stretched? There are just times where things are uncomfortable, and you're offended, and it's easier to look the other way. But 
Or is this something that you're being stretched and you're being positioned and, and you're going through this and it's developing character in you and ability to, to be able to have more responsibility down the road. You're going through this right now so that when you're in the next step that God has for you, the next plan that God has for you, you're prepared. People that keep running from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing are not growing and they do not get into the position that God wants them to be. And so there are these things that we're being stretched, that we're getting pruned, that we're getting pushed so that we can handle the responsibility of where God wants us to be. I remember I, I've, I've heard um, people talk about, you know, they asked God, uh, you know, what, you know, he brought them to a place to pastor. And, and God, you know, they ask him in prayer, you know, why did you bring us here? And, and they said, well, I actually had other people that I was trying to get there, <laughs> but they wouldn't go. And so I brought you. And so we don't want to be in a position where God has to overlook us and try to find somebody else to be in the place where he can use them. And so we want to be able to say yes, yes to him. Yes, I'm not going to be offended and get out of place. But yes, I'm going to allow you to stretch me, to mold me, to make me what you would have me to do. Because there is a day when we will see Jesus face to face and we want to hear those words, well done. Not that, well, you did okay. No, I want well done. <laughs> I didn't quit. I didn't give up. I didn't take the easier route, but I, I held steady. I was faithful, faithful. I stayed where God told me to stay until I knew for sure it was time to move on. I was faithful. And we don't let offense get in that place where it causes us to be unfaithful to what God has for us.